Today we'll be going over Pastor Mark's recent message, The Object of Trust, over Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And what we want to do here is kind of just extend some application or like kind of extrapolate to to bring about more application than what was spoken on, on Sunday. And really, this is kind of like an extra credit session. Um, if you were there for Sunday, you got the you got the main point, but this is a little bit extra. We kind of want to expand on some of the points that were made before. So I think before we begin, Pastor Mark, you're going to give a brief recap of what the sermon was. Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the sermon, the sermon is online under the Messages tab on, on our website and your media and messages. Uh, the message we looked at, Proverbs chapter 3, we went from verses 1 uh, verse 1 through verse 6 on Sunday. And then next week is going to kind of be a part 2, verses 7 and 8. But uh, we went through verses 1 through 6. And the goal of the the emphasis or the emphasis of the message was to be um, what, what or who are you trusting? What is the object of your trust? Uh, we kind of opened with those first four four or so verses um, where Warren Wearsby uh, is helpful. And he says that that we learn God's truth through his word. And uh, kind of what the writer is doing is is saying that, you know, we need to hear, hear God's word. And then we come to verses five and six where we spent the bulk of our time. And uh, just familiar verses to many, but it reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. We spent a lot of time talking about trust as a a, a, what does that mean? We talked about the object of our trust uh, being in the Lord and who the Lord is. And then Solomon gives these three things uh, of of an explanation of this trust. With all your heart, is one. So trusting God entirely. Do not lean on your own understanding. That would be to trust God uh, exclusively. Uh, not not our own understanding, but, but his. And then in all your ways, acknowledge him. And that would be extensively. All your ways, acknowledge him. So we spent a lot of time on, on those three three areas and really concluded to some degree where we began by asking the same question of who do you trust? Um, what, what, are you, what are you looking to for confidence today? What are the things in your life that you need to trust God with? Um, where are the areas of life that you have not been trusting God? And uh, that, that, that was some of the application that we gave, some more specific in the, in the sermon time. But certainly we can't be spe- super specific to every person. Uh, especially in a in a Sunday morning hour, um, so the the attempt here is to just give a couple more thoughts. And this morning, the opportunity is to hear from a couple different uh, a couple different uh, viewpoints and other people, uh, kind of taking some application away uh, for uh, not only for themselves but hopefully for uh, our church as well. So uh, at this point, I'm going to toss it to Pastor Chris and ask him to uh, share share a few thoughts here. As I was listening through, one of the things that, among many things, but we'll just pick one for our time's sake today, uh, was how this passage was, was written uh, by Solomon as a letter to uh, his son. 
specifically written out that way. And uh, it begins with my son and giving instruction to not forget his teaching. And this is kind of the perspective I've been thinking through since probably October or so when I found out there was a little nugget in my baby <laughs> or my uh, in my wife's belly there and so now like this whole fatherhood kind of thing is is looming large in my mind uh and so as i'm thinking through this passage uh i'm a son i i am somebody's son and i remember growing up and being under his roof and and under my parents authority god-given authority and i was asked and expected to many times submit to that authority in in all things and uh you know rightly so that that's you know their role as a parent and my role as a child to follow and as i think through now i no longer live with them i'm no longer under that kind of authority from my parents so i must be on my own being able to do what i want how i want when i want but then the true meaning of this passage comes out that our authority is still God. God is still our authority, and we can still live this passage out as children only to our Heavenly Father. Uh, and so the application for, for me is uh, that I need to continue to obey. I don't have to obey my, my earthly dad so much anymore because I have grown up and become an adult uh, on my own. Uh, I still respect my father, uh, but as far as obedience is understood at that point, I'm no longer under that kind of authority. However, with God, uh, I still am. And so it's not a matter of being completely autonomous. I still live under his authority. I need to obey God in all things. I need to trust in God in all things. And as Pastor Mark was sharing on Sunday, I continued to think about this idea of uh, being surrendered uh, to God. Um, I have certain Christian liberties and things that, that I can do and, and, and whatever and, and still make decisions for myself and for my family, but do I consider God when making those decisions? Is, is my life compl- looks, Does my life look like it is completely surrendered to God, or have I still placed myself in a measure of authority over my own life. And so in specific areas, as specific as I can say would be everything. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's a matter of the, the television programs that you want to watch, the books you want to read, the places you want to go, the things you want to consume. Pastor Mark talked about various things being idols in our life. If there's anything, I think he, he mentioned, if there's anything that we run to for security, for comfort, for peace, for, for rest, and it's not God, that is an idol in our life. And so uh, just being surrendered to God, not to any worldly thing. Well, while we're there, that's because uh, this was one of my things, too. He said in there, if we have peace in anything but Jesus, it equals an idol. Mm-hmm. So where do we put hobbies? Hobbies are usually things that we go to for relaxation, for rest, for kind of getting away. And like for me personally, I find I play video games. That's what that's kind of my like release. That's my um, just activity that I like to do just to kind of get away. And so, what what do we do with hobbies or things that we seek peace through mm-hmm. um, if if they're not Jesus? Right. So I, mean, I guess the, question. The, the the question there would be what what do we mean when we say peace? Mm-hmm. What do we mean when we say 
you know, I, I, you know, my, my quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, my quote unquote, uh, release, um, it, are, are those the same things is, is, uh, you know, the idea of relieving stress by taking a nap or going for a run mm-hmm. is that equivalent to not finding your peace in, in Jesus. And I, I don't think that I would suggest that. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily the point, um, of, of that kind of a comment. I think it's, it's under, it's under that mm-hmm. meaning if, if video games, that's the other, that's the thing you gave. Uh, if video games are what is is um, giving me peace. Now there is a difference between relaxing and, and peace. Uh, when we're talking about peace, we're talking about a a soul, um, a, a a comfort of a of the soul mm-hmm. that that I am. I'm at, I'm, I can, I can sit down. I can, I can put my full weight on this thing. Um, so when we're talking about trusting in the Lord, what we're saying is we're finding in the Lord the kind of peace that only he brings. It's Matthew 11 where Jesus says, whoever is, is tired and weary, come mm-hmm. and, and, and find rest in me. I mean, it's the same concept of peace for my burden is, is light. Uh, take my yoke upon you, for my burden is is light. So I, I don't think they're the same thing. However, are, are there things for some people? Video games could be one where where that's where you run to, and that release is a superficial peace, meaning it's not it's not real peace, like. That, that can't give you that. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking to get it from that, that's something different, right? Yep. So I guess what I'm saying is those things cannot give you the peace that we're talking about. So I wouldn't categorize them. However, what's true of any idol is that you're looking to the idol to do something that it cannot do. So you could look to a hobby to try to give you peace, or give you that tranquility. Can you of interchange soul? contentment with peace here? Like you're totally content with 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 life and everything in it. That kind of peace, or are these a little bit different? Yeah, I, I can see where you're there. I, I can see that. I, I don't think I could would argue too much against that. I, I think there's a a part of that that is would be accurate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, contentment's it, more of a feeling. Uh, or emotion than peace, but it could be. But there is there is a contentment of the heart where you are satisfied in in in, in Christ and in what God is doing and has has done. So I, I would I wouldn't push too hard back against mm-hmm. that. I, I guess really what what we would want to be shooting at is what is below the hobby. So the hobby the root of it, yeah. So I think Tim Keller has said this. Um, uh, there, there are things that are good. He says this a lot better than I'm just about ready to say it. But um, you can make good things into ultimate things. Mm-hmm. So a hobby can be just a hobby. It can be a fun activity. But if you're looking for that to be something more than that, that's when it becomes an idol. So uh, relationships. Relationships can be good things, good gifts from God. But if you make them ultimate things, they become idols. 
So that that's just a a warning probably at all points in our life where we're saying there are good things that God has given to us that we can rightly and appropriately enjoy. Mm-hmm. But if those things become ultimate things or become gods. Something you can't live without. Right. Yeah. It's something that, that you're finding your your hope in those things. Like you're looking to that thing to give you meaning, to give you identity, to give you peace um, because this is who I am now or this is what I do. Um, all of those sorts of things are are can be really idolatrous mm-hmm. eventually. And so at the end, what, what we're actually trying to get get is get underneath the the activities, the hobbies, the the behaviors, because underneath all of that is something. Um, and if it's not motivationally, or if it is motivationally to to find peace, then then we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the other thing for for me is as I was thinking back um, through, you know, two two of the things that Solomon says in five and six is do not lean on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him. And those two those two parts, as as I have just even over the past week been thinking about these things in regard to the sermon, but also in regard to my own life and things going on in my life. Um, leaning on your own understanding is, I'm afraid we do that more than we think we do that. Um, and, and I could probably just, I'm saying that in a, in a we sense because I think it's true. Potentially, um, if there's some self uh, reflection here, it's probably true because I, I know that it's true in my life too. Um, that there are times where we want to try to figure it out for it to make sense to me in order for me to, uh, to do it, uh, the way, the way it should be done. But some of the things that, you know, we didn't have a time to go into all these things, but one of the examples of leading on your understanding is a really easy, uh, story for us to, to remember, to know, but, but it's Abraham and Sarah with Hagar hmm. and God had, had, been very clear with them that they would have a son and they would have seed, that they would have a family. And it wasn't happening the way they thought it should. And so they leaned on their own understanding and their understanding was, we got to make a baby. We got to have a baby. And Sarah's saying, that baby ain't coming for me. So we got to find you a womb. Yeah. <laughs> and so here's, here's a lady <laughs> Uh, let's let's do it this way. This makes sense to us because there's a logic in it. And we recognize that when we lean on our own understanding, we open the door to justify a lot of things. Oh, yeah. And Abraham and I, or Abraham and Sarah justified uh, you know fornication uh, and in a sense adultery, uh, you know, uh, Agreed upon adultery, yeah. um, which I'm not sure if that's <laughs> still approval continue. of your wife's. It's still adultery. <laughs> I think that's still considered that's adultery high. technically. But yeah, <laughs> but they justified it. Um, I mean, it's unbelievable how how the heart of man can justify sinful behavior. And why? Because they're leaning on their own understanding. They're saying this is this is the only way this can be done. It must it must be this way. Uh, you know, a, a generation. Uh, a generation later, 
Isaac and Rebecca are dealing with their two boys. And Rebecca says, he's going to bless Esau instead of blessing Jacob. So what do I got to do? I got to, I, we got to, we got to deceive him, right? We got to lie to Isaac in order to get the blessing. So lean on my own understanding. God, God doesn't look like he's intervening here the way I think he should. So therefore I'm going to justify my actions by doing X. And those are extreme maybe examples for us because we might say, well, you know, who would do, you know, who would do that? Who would have their husband sleep with another woman? Like, Clearly, that's a pretty radical story. But the point is, is that we ought to be very aware of the condition of a human heart that can justify sin in order to fulfill what they believe is um, the quote-unquote right thing to do. So um, th- there's, a, there's a real danger there for us, and I think Solomon is is stressing to us the need. <laughs> there, there is a need for us to trust God with all our heart, trust God, um, and, and not acknowledge, not, not acknowledging, uh, or excuse me, not leaning on our own understanding, and thirdly, uh, acknowledging him in all, in all our ways. Yeah. I think the problem where we go off track and all of that in the stories that you just shared is when we introduce I into the equation because mm-hmm. it's it's God's direction it's his plan for everything and when we don't understand when i don't get it when i don't see the final product the way i think it should be or yeah then that's where the problem comes because then there is a fork in the road yeah uh between i and god and so this yeah the passage is very clearly not on our understanding uh but choose god's way even if it doesn't look clear, because at some point in the future, it will become clear. You had mentioned, don't muck up the water. Don't uh, stir up the water uh, and make something that is clear not. Yeah. So we need to be careful and just sit down (laughs) and let God do, and we just obey. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that does come back to to the, uh, the the first point you made of just that that element of surrender, mm-hmm. and one of the the definitions that we or explanations we gave of trust um, was what uh, Ray Ortland says that to trust means to throw oneself down on one's face yeah. and to lie spread eagle in complete reliance. Right. And so, I mean, that if that doesn't picture surrender uh, as as a as a uh, def- uh, a word to to go along with trust. I'm not sure what, what does. Yep. I think that wraps up for today. We hope this was helpful for you just to kind of get some, some further application, some further explanation from the message. We'll probably be doing this again probably for next week. And thank you for listening.